sa Alabao. It's the What's It All About show with your host, Al Roberts. Let's get ready to rumble! Yeah, it's going to be a bit of a, a bit of a rush show today in a lot of ways. Uh, yeah, I've basically got to record this and then literally shoot off to work. I didn't get it done last night, which would be yesterday would, would have been Sunday for me. Um, I, I literally got in from work. I had to watch all the UFC from last night, from Saturday night. Sorry, I just didn't have time to get it done last night. So uh, yeah, I basically. Uh, I'm going to hammer out this afternoon, literally send it off, and I'll be going off to work, to be honest. Uh, so yeah, it's, there's not really much I want to talk about this week. Um, but yeah, shout out to uh, JMA Radio, as always, JMA Occasions. Um, big shout out to Timmy's Bar and Kitchen. Uh, yeah, uh, obviously, we're all still in lockdown at the minute. Um, Thursday, things are opening up a bit better, which will be, which I'm hoping will be awesome. Just basically get people's businesses up and running again, get people back to work and all that, etc. Um, but yeah, I hope everyone's keeping all right over this lockdown. I know it's it, it's been shit not being able to see anyone and do anything really. But uh, yeah, so let's not uh, sort of hang around on that too far, too much, I should say. But uh, yeah, moving on. Uh, this week's episode is going to be a bit of a short one, I'm afraid. Um, there's only a couple of subjects I really want to talk about. Um, the main one being um, Anthony Smith versus Devin Clark and that card from this weekend, which was awesome. Like one of the best cards in the last couple of months. Full of finishes. There was like three decisions all night. Uh, yeah, full of knockouts, full of submissions, just all around. Just a brilliant card. And it was great to see Anthony Smith um, break his two fight wins, uh, two fight losing streak, sorry, and get a good win as well. Um, next subject after that, I'm going to talk about. Uh, the return of D- TJ Dillashaw, the former bantamweight champion, who's obviously been on a two-year suspension for performance-enhancing drugs. So he's returning in January. I just want to sort of touch base on that, talk about who he might fight and see where he's at with that. And the third subject today is um, middleweight stand-up Jack Hermanson and his fight next weekend with Martin Vittori. This is actually Jack Hermanson's third different opponent in the last sort of month, so I'm going to touch on that, I'm going to talk about a few fun card, fun fights on that card as well, but uh, yeah, diving right into it though, um, this, yeah, this weekend was an absolute banger, like, what a, what an event, for such a, just a small, small card, it was, it was all go, honestly, um, if there's one thing I've took from this year, obviously, a lot of the cards haven't really had much star power, or that many really well-known fighters, to be honest, and if, if, on the positives, it's done. It's gave a lot of the a lot of the more uh, lower ranked fighters 
give him an opportunity to fight and make some money, man. Like, there's some guys who have fought this year four, three, four, four times. And there might be a few more that might get another one in and possibly fight five times this year. Now, for a lot of people, that, that's, hey, one, it gets the names out there. And two, it, you know what I mean? It's giving them a decent bit of income. So, yeah, uh, it's good to see a few of the minor guys getting getting plenty of fights this last year. Well, this year, anyways. It's been decent, but this card was no different, man. There was a lot of lesser-known fighters on this card, even a few that had... There was sort of... Where you've seen them fight before, but you can't really remember what they're like. But what a what a fight, man. What a, what a collection of fights. You had... Uh, pretty much every prelim ended in a, in a finish. Then most of the main card ended up in a finish as well, so... It's good. A really good card. We're going to start with um, Anthony Smith, who... Uh, was fighting uh, Devin Clark in the main event. The original main event was meant to be Derek Lewis against Curtis Blades at heavyweight, uh, which had a massive implication behind it. It was pretty much that's on the cusp of number one contender, whoever won that fight. They're both on win streaks, both good fighters. Um, but obviously, uh, I think uh, Curtis Blades got COVID. That got delayed, which is which is a real big shame because that fight that fight was going to be a, a scrap. That was a really interesting fight. You got obviously Derek Lewis, who's just a, a knockout machine, versus Curtis Blades, whose stand up's far better than it was, but is also just an absolute wrestling phenom. Takes people down and beats beats them up. He's got some great finishes over the likes of like Alistair Overeem via ground pound. I think he's coming off a win over Junior Santos as well. But that fight's been delayed. Uh, I think it's going to be put on probably December card or something like that. Well. One of the later December cards. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, but yeah, Anthony Smith breaking a two-fight skid, getting a, a, a beautiful triangle submission over uh, Devin Clark. Uh, yeah, great fight. Honestly, was really good fight. Anthony Smith in his last couple of fights looked a lot, little bit lacklustered. He had a great fight against Glover Teixeira until, uh, well, great first round against Glover Teixeira until Teixeira took him down and basically just pounded on him, really damaged him up and proceeded to just beat the daylights out of him for the rest of the fight and TKO'd him. Uh, it was a real tough fight, real tough fight to watch. Um, I remember talking about it on this show, saying that uh, the corner should have, without a doubt, thrown the towel in in that fight, but it is what it is. Um, but yeah, Anthony Smith submits Devin Clark in the first round. Something I really, I really enjoyed watching Anthony Smith do in this fight was mainly just the whole fact that he... Um, he got uh, he got Devin Clark down and then proceeded to sort of pull him away from the fence, which I thought was very very intelligent, very smart move. Uh, stopped Devin Clark from sort of you know bridging against the fence and getting back up. But yeah, great submission win. Great to see Anthony Smith get a win. Um, I'm a big fan of Anthony Smith. He's he's a real go get and fighter man. He'll, he's um he's fought a lot of middleweight and two or five. Obviously fighting for the title. Not long ago against uh, John Jones, he's he's still up there in my opinion. I think um, there's a lot of good guys in that division for Anthony Smith to fight. Uh, he said it himself in the post-fight interview that he's he's you know he's not going to walk back into a title shot anytime soon, coming off two losses. So yeah, we'll uh, we'll see how it plays out for Anthony Smith. I, th I think there's a handful of great fights out there for him. Um, he's already beat a lot of the lot of the top guys in that division already, so. I don't know. I know he mentioned uh, 
Paul Craig um, from Scotland, who's just coming off a TKO win over Shogun last weekend. That's a fun fight. Put I think Paul Craig's probably in that top 15. Anthony Smith is sitting at six quite healthily. Yeah, I think that's a decent fight. Got mentioned at the post-fight press conference and, yeah, really interesting. Um, the core main event, uh, Miguel Beza versus uh, Takashi Soto. Sato, sorry. Man, like, I've watched Miguel Beza's last two fights um, and really paid attention to him. He had a great fight against uh, Matt Brown, knocking him out. I think it was in the second round. And in this, he just... The guy striking looks legit. Like, he he throws some real nasty heavy kicks. He's got some real pinpoint, accurate straights. Yeah, man, the guy's, the guy's legit as out. Really is. Uh, he got a great submission this weekend. Um, this, this fucking card is that much of a blur of fucking finishes that I'm trying to remember what he actually submitted him with, to be honest. Um, but it was... I remember it being a great fight either way. I believe was it was it a guillotine maybe I believe it was a guillotine don't hold me to that but yeah it was like end of the round round end of the second round but man Miguel Beza could be a serious serious handful in that division he looks he looks legit to say the least um but yeah I think next couple of fights he's gonna he's gonna start breaching that top fifteen if he looks as if he fights as good as he looked this weekend or, and for that matter in his last couple of fights. Yeah, man, the guy's a serious contender at welterweight in years to come. But yeah, great, great finish. Um, he looked really good. Uh, we've got our heavyweight Josh Parisian versus Parker Porter. This was just literally just two, two behemoths throwing bombs at each other for the first couple of rounds. Um, Josh Parisian, uh, I think he, he, well, he got um, signed the UFC through the Dana White's Tuesday Night Contender series. With, um, he looked really good in that from what I've what I've seen. Parker Porter's one of those guys who's been around for years though. Like he's fought I, I believe he's fought the likes like John Jones and people like that in the regional scene. So but Parker Porter has some cardio for a big boy. Like he did not he slowed down the third round, but that first or second round he went hundred mile an hour, no no worries whatsoever. Um it was a proper yeah, it was a crazy brawl, like it, it worth a watch, in my opinion. I thought it was a great fight, like just watching two, two you know, two hundred and sixty odd pound guys just throw absolute bombs at each other for three rounds. I enjoyed it. I thought it was decent. We had um, bomb, bomb, bomb. Spike Carlisle versus Bill Algeo. Um, I like Bill Algeo's uh, nickname. I think it's Senor Perfecto. I like. I like that. I thought it was fucking mint nickname. But this was a good, good little scrap as well. Spike Carlisle's one of those fighters, man. Like. Um, Bill Algeo took the fight by decision uh, over three rounds, but Spike Carlisle seems that guy who's he's like he literally. Well, the commentators wouldn't stop talking about this weekend, but the last couple of fights I've watched him in, the guy is an absolute danger in that first couple of rounds. He's a real powerful, heavy built wrestler, and you can tell he's got bombs, he's got power, he's got strength. But then he every I think every fight I've watched of his like he slowed down dramatically halfway through the second round. Um, I believe um, they were talking on the commentary about uh, Michael Chiesa used to go watch him during wrestling tournaments. It said he called him a big move wrestler, so he just like explode with some big crazy slam. And it's the same in his MMA career. He 
he has great great power, great strength, heavy hitter, um, but just he's he's a very muscly built guy, man. And like, how do you sustain? How do you sustain three rounds with that build? It's a different story. But uh, yeah, great fight though. Real real back and forth. I just think I think personally, I think Bill Algeo could have poured it on him in that third round and took him out of there. I think, in my opinion, from what I watched, it's easy for me to say that, but. I think if Bill Al Bill Algeo put it on him just a bit more, I think he would have got the finish in the third round. Um, but yeah, great fight, um, great performance by Bill Algeo. Um, women's bantamweight division: uh, Ashley Evans Smith versus uh, Norma Dumont. Man, like Ashley Evans Smith's a, a bit of a gatekeeper for women's MMA. She's she's never really peaked at the top, but. She's had some great fights and some great great performances in, in that time. Uh, she was going up to Bantamweight for this fight to fight uh, Norma Dumont, who was apparently an ex-featherweight, women's featherweight. And you can see it in her frame and definitely see it in her power and her kicks. But this is just like a very one-sided fight, man. Like, Ashley Evans-Smith just didn't look in the fight from the start. It was just basically Norma Dumont just chipping away at her for three rounds. Uh, a lot of the commentary said it best. I think it was Paul Felder said like he couldn't understand why Demont wasn't just just really pushing pushing the pressure and finishing the fight. There was a few times where she really got the better of Ashley Evans Smith, and you could see there's a massive difference in power and striking a lot of that fight. But yeah, great win for uh, Norma Demont, man. She's got some nasty kicks as well, real nasty low kicks. Uh, featherweight, we had uh, Jonathan Pierce versus uh, Kai Kamaka. Uh, Jonathan Pierce getting an <laughs> a great fucking TKO win by a ground and pound in the second round. Jonathan Pierce is he's one of those guys who he's definitely one to watch at the moment. He looks like he's got some real sturdy grappling, and he's got some good fucking striking as well, man. Kai Kamaka looks like an absolute specimen. Um, he looks built for featherweight. He was throwing some really good, really good bombs, really good fucking striking. Um, very explosive and quick. That's one thing I did notice about him in the start of the fight. Like he was throwing combos and coming with, he was ending quite a few of his combos with a, like a body kick, and that body kick was rapid. It was a real nasty, snappy kick. But uh, Kai Kamaka, hey, still want to watch man. Like he, he, he still impressed me in the time he, he fought in this fight. Um, it was great, great work by Jonathan Pierce. Just basically got um. Yeah. The second round has turned into a grapple match for Pierce, and he just outworked Kamaka, Kamaka and just beat, beat on him for the second round. Um, the end of the fight was just basically Jonathan Pierce just basically using fucking Kai Kamaka's head as a basketball on the ground. It was just bum, 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 just landing shots left, right, and center, and the ref stopped it, which I think it was fair enough because, don't get me wrong, Kai Kamaka, was, you could see he was trying his hardest to get out of that predicament. He was uh, pretty much belly down, just getting hammered on, and he was trying his best to keep working and getting out there, but just no, just didn't happen at all. But uh, yeah, great performance by our peers, though. Really good performance. Um, the prelims were literally uh, two submissions, two KOs. It was fucking such a good night of just like seeing some people get get noticed with some finishes. Uh, Martin Day got uh, guillotined out by Anderson Dos Santos. It was a nasty, this is a, a, it was an easy guillotine for Dos Santos, this. Um, yeah, bit of a, 
good, some good striking exchanges. Martin Day, you can see very much a Taekwondo background. He had some great kicks, man, like great side kicks. His head kicks just came out of nowhere. Uh, it was all just in the end, towards the end of the first round where there was a grapple exchange. Martin Day just tried to tried to transition into a into a takedown and just you could see he's he's maybe not got the best wrestling because he literally just shot in. He left his neck out real. Um, yeah, picked the guy up. Don't get me wrong, but Anderson Dos Santos just got latched on with this beautiful guillotine. And boom, done. Um, it was a good fight up until that point, though. Like, I enjoyed watching it. I really did. Uh, it was good, good performance from Dos Santos. A very nasty guillotine. Uh, but Martin Day just looked like he just set himself up for it. Quite disappointing in its own right. But hey, it is what it is. Um, yeah. Women's flyweight. We had uh, Gina Mazzani versus Rachel Ostovich. It was one of those fights. This is just one of those fights that was just... It was good, man. It was scrappy. It had a lot of back and forths. Um, Gina Mazzani, what was it? Maybe 50 seconds to go in the third round. Land, lands this, uh, well, probably about 30 seconds to go in the last round. Um, not a lie, sorry. Uh, about 30 seconds. <coughs> yeah, maybe about 30 seconds to go. Um, lands this beautiful uh, body kick. Just beautiful, um, real nasty, real nasty body kick. Uh, it was like a front tape with the ball of a foot, and just you could see Rachel Osovich just buckle under it. She landed like two of these on concession, and yeah, that was it in that last, about the last, in the last minute of the last round. Great finish for Gina Mazzani. Uh, Rachel Osovich, that puts her on like three fights on the belt where she's been, I think, sub twice and TKO'd now, so I don't know what's next for her. I think she's going to get cut, to be fair. Um, we had <laughs> Sue Mudeji. Um, i seen this kid fight um, this weekend, and it was one of those times where, I mean, it was a 44-second knockout, beautiful knockout as well. Malcolm Gordon, the guy who was fighting, just stood in front of him with just his, like, put his guard up to his head, stood in front of him, and didn't really do much else. And you could see uh, Sue Mudazeri was just pinging left hands right down the pipe, right through his garden, nailing him every time. 44-second knockout, beautiful performance as well. Very much a beautiful performance. Um, but Ma I don't know what Malcolm Gordon was doing in this fight. I really don't. Um, if you've not seen it, if you go on the UFC's Facebook page, they put this fight up, um, the highlights up the other day. Um, during the event, so you can find it on there if you want to see it. It's uh, yeah, it's, it's over before you know it. Um, open fight of the night was an absolute belter between uh, Luke Sanders and uh, Nathan Manis. Man, this was an absolute fucking belter of a fight. Real back and forth. Both lads went for it. Just unreal, unreal. Um, but yeah, it was like halfway through the second round. Uh, Sanders tried to pressure Manus. Manus just came back at him, caught him with, I think it was like a long left hand, dropped him, then ended up submitting him in the second round. Man, if you get a chance to go watch this fight, go watch it. It's Luke Sanders versus Nathan Manus. What a scrap. Luke Sanders has got bombs, and he does not slow down either. He goes all out, like literally all out on his, on his, on his punches. 
Um, just great performance from both guys. Like, um, I think Luke Sanders really did. Like, he just he didn't predict Nathan Manners to hit as hard as he did on the counters. I think, but Nathan Manners has a jaw of steel on him, though. Like a jaw of steel, because some of the shots that guy took in that fight were fucking disgusting. But yeah, uh, yeah. Overall, though, what a what a card! Like, what a just great overall card for the weekend. Um, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I think there was a handful of highlights. My my favorite part was probably yeah Smith getting a win. That was great. Uh, Miguel Beza is one to watch out for. Keep an eye on him in the next year. Uh, Jonathan Pierce um, and Kai Kamako, great fight. Um, great submission from Dos Santos with that guillotine was sick. And then probably the likes of Sue and Luke Sanders both getting, uh, sorry, Sue and Nathan Manners both getting wins. Brilliant again. So yeah, on the whole of things, just like, just a great, fun card. Like, really fun. Uh, thoroughly enjoyed it, man. Really did thoroughly enjoy it. But yeah, guys, uh, moving on. Uh, now, the next I'm going to talk about is the return of the former Bantamweight world champion, TJ Dillashaw, a.k.a. TJ Killershaw, a.k.a. Dillashank. Uh, yeah, uh, man, like, he's been out for, he got a two-year ban. So he got a two-year ban for using performance-enhancing drugs. His drug of choice that he got caught for, and he actually got caught after being beat by Henry Cejudo at flyweight, he got caught for a substance called EPO. Now, I'm, I always, whenever I talk about steroids and all this on this show, I always openly say I haven't got a fucking clue about steroids or anything else. Anyone who knows me probably got a pretty good idea that I've never done steroids. Like, um, It's one of them, Like, I don't really know much about it, so I have to look into it as much as anyone else. But apparently EPO... Basically, what it does for athletes is it stimulates the production of red blood cells in bone marrow and regulates the concentration of red blood cells and hemoglobin in the blood. This is useful for athletes since red blood cells shuttle oxygen to the cells, including muscle cells, enabling them to operate more efficiently. So obviously, it is a big performance enhancer. There's no two ways about it. Um, but yeah, uh, he got caught for that after the Henry Cejudo fight. Uh, don't get it wrong, it, it's some dirty cheating tactics on the whole of things, but I'll give him one bit of credit, he, he did come out with it pretty openly and admitted to it, did various interviews admitting that he'd used EPO for the, to, help, to help him in the performance side of things, and especially cut weight, I mean, when he cut weight down to 125, that guy looked fucking ill, like disturbingly ill, but uh, yeah, he got two years suspension, uh, the way things tend to go with uh, PEDs and MMA, get caught once, you usually get about six six months to a year. Get caught twice, three years, two, three years. Get caught three times, it's like a five-year ban. And then any time after that, you can get a lifetime, lifetime ban. <clears throat> Excuse me. Like, they didn't fuck about with Dillashaw. They threw him right on two years. He's, he's never been... I don't believe he's ever been caught for... Um, Caught for steroids before. I don't think he has. Um, but two years. Uh, look, it's a weird one with steroids in MMA. Um, friend and team part team. Uh, friend and training partner of mine said it best. It's probably the only sport in which 
it's very it's easily forgiven. It's a real strange one. Like any other sport, you get completely ridiculed and blacklisted and all that. And in MMA, it's more like you get people who pop for steroids, and then next thing you know, they're welcome back with open arms back to the sport. It's real strange, really strange. So like it does sort of make you, yeah, it, it's 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 odd. It really is. Um, but I mean, looking over the likes of Dillashaw's record. I don't think he's ever been caught for uh, steroids before that I know of. So, yeah, it's a weird one. But, two years, he's, he's back in January. Off the top of my head, yeah, he's, he's due, due back to fight in January. The question is, though, who? Like, it was actually something last week. This leads on from last week in the sense of... Um, I talked about uh, Petra Yan being out of his title fight with... Well, his title defence against Aljamain Sterling. And the two guys that I threw in the hat for Sterling to fight for an interim, for example, would have been Edgar or Sandhagen. Like, I never even thought about the idea of Dillashaw. That, for me, personally, like, that's got to be it. Like, I'll take back what I said last week. I figure if, if they were going to do anything, they would have threw Frankie in, in there for the laugh or, or Sandhagen. But uh, Dillashaw, that's the perfect, perfect one. Like, I, it wouldn't shock me at all if they bring back Dillashaw and just whack him right into a title fight. It wouldn't shock me in the slightest. It really wouldn't. I wouldn't be I wouldn't be slightly shocked by that. Right back in and right in for the title. Fair enough. Either way. So, um, but yeah, on the whole of things, yeah, I think I think that's the one that makes sense, really. Like, if he's back in January, Algernon Sterling versus TJ Dillashaw for the interim belt. Winner of that goes on to fight Petri Young. It's still not being disclosed why Petri hands out the fight. Apparently, it's not injury, and it's not COVID. So I'm guessing family tragedy. Sadly, that's 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 what I presumes the uh, problem there, which is a real shame. But uh, yeah, so um, I mean, don't get us wrong. If they don't do Dillashaw decides that he's going to have a a fight and then go on to tackle the champion, there's plenty of people in that division who he could fight quite quite happily and see where it goes. I mean, you've got, yeah, I mean, you've got Edgar, you've got uh, Marlon Moraes, Sandhagen, Pedro Munoz, even Jose Aldo, uh, Jimmy Rivera, Rafael Asuncao, well, he's, him and Rafael Asuncao, I believe, are 1-1 in their matches. You've got a rematch with Dominic Cruz. It's uh, it's interesting. Now, I know Rob Font's fighting Marlon Moraes and Josie Aldo's fighting Marlon Vera, I believe. But there's still a lot of guys in that division that are, are worth a look in, without a doubt. But I think if they're going to play it, if they're going to play it sensible and do the best that they can with Dillashaw, it's got to be Aljamain Sterling for the interim belt. It's got to be. It just it goes without saying. It really does. It was actually I, I was talking to Jimmy Taylor, a friend of mine who I work with. We were talking about this same subject, and it was actually even threw out there. Why not do uh, Algerine Sterling versus Dillashaw? And I, I was talking about last week's show, and I just clicked on. I was like, "Why the fuck didn't I think of that? Like, what the fuck? Like, it's, it it makes sense. I mean, this is it. TJ Dillashaw at his peak was an absolute fucking killer. It really was. Like, you look at the guy's record, and he has got some sterling performances. It really has. I mean, he was. Second place in the Ultimate Fighter competition, lost to John Dodson by TKO. He then went on to get a pretty disgusting sort of 
win streak really um, coming up the ranks. He worked his way up the ranks. That's what I liked about Dillashaw. He did a good job working up the ranks. But he fucking destroyed quite a few people on the way. Like, I mean, he's um, his head kick knockout of uh, Tamura was brilliant. He's a uh, his knockout of uh, Hugo Viana, brilliant. His uh, his win wins over Henan Barral, both of his wins over Henan Barral were absolutely spectacular, spectacular performances. Um, lost Dominic Cruz, then went on to beat Sun Sao, John Lineker, knocked out Cody Garbrandt twice with two beautiful performances, and then came to, came down to one twenty five and lost to Zudo. So the guy looked looked like. Dillashaw on his top day is he's one of he's one of the talk he, you've got to talk talk about him in the discussion of best bantamweight of all time it's it's got to be him him or Cruz really when it comes down to it it's really got to be the, that conversation it definitely has to be but uh, yeah guy I'm looking forward to seeing him get back to it I really am I'm really curious to see how he plays out as well but yeah him versus Sterling interim title January. Winner of that takes on Petrian. Done. Now, um, the last subject I want to talk about today is next week's fight night is uh, headlined by Jack Hermanson, who's a former Cage Warriors middleweight champion. Hell of a good fighter. Like, real, real good fighter. He's, he was met, originally meant to fight Darren Till, and they were going to headline it. Uh, Till got injured about three weeks ago. So Till was out. Next thing you know, Kevin Holland, who's been fighting non-stop this year, had some great fucking performances as well. Kevin Holland dives on in there, takes a fight on short notice. Uh, he gets COVID. Then his opponent changed again on a, a week's notice to um, middleweight Martin Vittori. Like that's this is this is the thing with this year. It has been, I believe, I believe there's some crack where. Um, it's been like the last three headliners have all been affected by COVID or something like that. There's some stuff like that rolling about, but it's oh, it's absolutely crazy, man. Like this this whole COVID thing is just ravaged ravaged the UFC. It really has. It's lost us some great fights. It's also um in fairness though, it's pretty much UFC is pretty much one of the only sports really going strong at the minute. It was definitely the only one to maintain itself during the first big lockdown we had. But uh, yeah, so Jack Manson, three different opponents over the last three weeks. Personally, I think it's, how do I put this respectfully? I think it's got easier for him in the sense of Darren Till is a fucking animal. Like he's coming off a loss to Robert Whitaker. Very, very, very good technical striker. All round beast of the Beast of welterweight and middleweight divisions. Like the guy, the guy's a fucking killer. Like massive fan of Darren Till, anyways. But yeah, man, the guy's legit a fucking serious threat of middleweight. Jack Manson's proved me wrong a handful of times, especially over his recent win over Kelvin Gaslam uh, by a heel hook. Beautiful, beautiful finish. Great, great way to fucking get your name in that fucking top five as well. Um, Kevin Holland, on the other hand. Real unorthodox striker, underrated grappling, I'd say, from what I've seen. Um, very outspoken, very flashy, totally different opponent to Till in every way. 
then he's out due to COVID, and then in comes Mar- Marvin Vittori. I think Marvin Vittori is a step up from Kevin Holland, but he's no Darren Till. Um, he's, he's got good striking. He's got uh, an underrated ground game, I'd say, as well. Jack Manson is a is a wizard with his jiu-jitsu and wrestling, like a wizard. He has got some unbelievable, unbelievably good finishes via submission. He really has. He's a hell of a fighter. Very underrated. Like for me personally, I, I I didn't rate him for a long time. Thought I thought he was good, but I didn't think he was that good. And he's proved me wrong a handful of times, man. He's sturdy. He's durable. He's got underrated kickboxing. Very very fucking sound ground game. Very good jujitsu. And he's fought some absolute fucking maniacs in that division. So yeah, I think Jack Manson takes this weekend no problem. He should do anyways. Like. Yeah, but our three opponents, three weeks, it's three very different opponents as well. That's a, that's the crazy thing. So if he comes out with a win this weekend, man, that's a statement and a half. It really is. Um, the card in general, though, it's another... I sound like a broken fucking record each week when I'm saying, like, the cards aren't anything special and blah, 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 all that. But they're just not at the moment. Um yeah, it's just there's not a lot of star power in a lot of these fights. Uh, we've got Ovis, Ovin St. Pru back at light everywhere versus uh, Jamal Hill. Ovin St. Pru's coming off a fucking beautiful knockout. Um, forgive me, I can't remember who he knocked out, but it was one of the best knockouts this year in his last fight. Uh, we've got our flyweight, uh, Montana De La Rosa versus Taylor Santos. Uh, light heavyweight, Roman Dolidze versus uh, John Allen. Featherweight, Nate Lond- Londwear, I can never pronounce that guy's second fucking name, versus uh, Movsa Ev- Evloev. So it's it's the main cards, one of those where, but I said this about this weekend's card and it was a fucking banger. So don't let me uh, dishearten you from watching it, man. Just go and get it fucking watched. It'll be a good, it, I think the main card there, uh, Nate Lander, like, always brings a fight. He's a fucking mentalist. He's always game. Um, OSP is a, a mainstay of the UFC and Strike Force. Absolute veteran. Very, very crafty on the ground. Got some great submission wins. He's also got a decent stand-up game. Very powerful kicks. Yeah, he's another... There's a few, there's a few decent fighters on this card, actually. I think my biggest concern, actually, I'm going to throw this out there, is uh, Matt Wyman's fighting Jordan, uh, Jordan Livet. Uh, Matt Wyman's been around for years. I think he took like four or five years off MMA, then came back, and he's got pasted in his last two fights. So I don't know, man. I don't know if he's... Uh, I don't know if he should still be fighting. I think he'll be about 36, 37 even. I don't know. It's a bit of a mad one. He took a long time off, though. A long time. He came back. Uh, he got pasted by one person, I can't remember who, and he got uh, TKO'd by oh, Violent Bob Ross, uh, Luis Pena, that's the one. That's a concern, eh? I don't know, I might be wrong, I might be wrong. But yeah, um, it's not an amazing card, it's, it's, a hard, it's hard to get excited for cards where it's just, I don't know, there's not a lot of your favourites on there, etc, and I think that's where I'm struggling to to really dive on a lot of these cards and get excited because there's just not a lot of the guys I sort of follow and support. But, hey, I'll still watch fight every fight on that card next weekend. There's no doubt about it. But, 
yeah, that's my opinion on that. Like, now I'm going to go on something I forgot to mention. I was going to talk about. They just announced an absolute handful of fights for um, UFC 256. Man, like December 12th, what a card! What an absolute card this is turning into. It has got some fucking fun fights thrown in there. Really fun fights. A lot of... Yeah, it's it's got a lot of implication behind a lot of these fights, which is absolutely fucking awesome. But uh, yeah, December 12th, man, we've got our 256. Uh, Devison Figueredo versus Brandon Marino, who literally just fought on UFC 255, both of them. They're going to fight for the flyweight title, both coming off really quick wins. Um, that's an interesting fight, man. I've, I've watched Brandon Marino for quite a few few years now. Um, I know he left the UFC to come back. Uh, he basically got cut, went off, won uh, the LFA title, then came back and has just looked an absolute weapon. Uh, but Deverson Figueredo is a scary, scary flyweight. Knockout power, great submissions, just all-round animal. Like The guy just doesn't take a step back. Scary dude for the division. I feel like he's revived the division at the moment. I really do. To think that they were going to get rid of this. And I was an advocate for this. I was an advocate for just getting rid of it because of the, the low talent pool. And you just didn't really see anything in there. I take it back because this division at the moment has got some absolute fucking killers. That division is starting to look really fucking talent filled. And it's great. It's about fucking time as well. But the core main event is an absolute fucking belter. Tony Ferguson versus Charles Oliveira. That's unreal. You've got Tony Ferguson, who's probably ranked about two or three in the division, versus Charles Oliveira, ranked at six. Charles Oliveira is a fucking octopus on the ground. He is an unreal jiu-jitsu practitioner. Tony Ferguson, on the other hand, is just, he's Tony Ferguson. Everyone knows who Tony Ferguson is. The guy is, I mean, Barry's, he was on, what, a 12-fight win streak until Gaethje beat him up. Even then... Like, fuck it, it's Justin Gaethje. There's no shame in a loss to that man. But uh, yeah, that's an absolute corker. And there's some real implication behind this because bear in mind, the lightweight division at the minute is wide open. Dana White's saying Khabib's coming back to get 30 and all. Khabib's saying he isn't. We don't know. The division is wide open. You've got uh, Poirier and uh, McGregor in January. You've got Ferguson versus Oliveira. I was talking about it last week that it could be Chandler Gaethje. That's and then you've got Hooker wandering around there as well. Like you've got a handful of fighters who would, it's wide open. Anyone could take this belt. Honestly, like that division is that top ten in that division could all be champions. Now Khabib's out of the way. They really could. Um, speaking of lightweight again, Hernando uh, Moncano, guy who I really like. I really rate uh, Moncano. Moncano, uh, ex featherweight, really good fighter. Good kickboxing, great jiu-jitsu. He's um, fighting uh, Rafael Fiziev, who's a fucking great kickboxer from what I remember, if it's the guy I'm thinking of. Then we've got middleweight, got Kevin Holland, who should be recovered by this point from COVID, and he's fighting uh, the legend that is Ronaldo Jacare Souza. I'm a massive Jacare fan, huge fan of Jacare, so um, very curious to see how that fight plays out. It's a big step up for Holland, and it's a real test for uh, Jacare, see if he can keep up with these young up-and-comers. Then you've got Junior Dos Santos versus uh, Cyril Gain. Cyril Gain is a fucking monster of a man. Very prolific kickboxer, professional kickboxer. 
who's showed that he's got a handful of fucking submissions in his toolbox as well. June Dos Santos, ex-heavyweight champion, one of my all-time favourites as well. Uh, Dos Santos, he's been um, bashed about a bit in recent years, he's, but he's only fought top competition in my opinion, so there's no shame in it. Uh, but yeah, that is just, that card is coming together very fucking nicely. And then the card after that, we've got Leon Edwards versus Hamzat Shemaev. The only problem is uh, Hamzat Shemaev has reportedly got COVID, so we don't know how that's going to play out, which is a bit worrying. But either way, yeah, so we've got, yeah, Manson versus Vittori on the 6th of December. Then we've got UFC 256 on the 12th of December. Very exciting. Two solid weeks of fighting. But yeah, guys, um, I'm going to round it up there. It's not been a long show today. Um, there's not really been that much to talk about. I've just sort of smashed it out, got it together. And then literally I'm going to record it, send it off. And then I'm heading off to work in literally like 10 minutes. But uh, yeah, guys, uh, thank you very much for listening. As always, uh, really looking forward to after lockdown, getting some guests in again, getting some people come and talk MMA um, and go from there. Um, I'm going to try and, there's been a few few people I'm going to, I've talked to about doing like Microsoft Teams or Zoom or one of those things, record it over that, so that's the backup plan um, if I can't get people around. But yeah guys, um, I'll sign off and get myself out of here. Look guys, take care, lockdown's over this week, thank the fucking Lord, we can go back to some form of seeing each other and normality to a certain extent. Take care of yourselves, look after each other. Uh, thanks very much to JMA Radio, JMA Occasions, uh, Timmy's Bar and Kitchen, open again this week, make sure you book your table there, go get some food, watch your gate, Carlisle in the UK, treat yourself, um, yeah, take care guys, have a great week, have a great day, whatever you're doing, and yeah, I'll see you next week guys, bye bye bye.